Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. When you're baptized, you got to understand in the Bible, in the New Testament, they didn't have altar calls. When somebody gave their life to Christ, they didn't have them come down the aisle and pray for them and have them make a public profession of Christ. In the Bible, when people gave their life to Christ, the outward sign, they would go in down to the river and be baptized. That was their altar call. Are you listening? That was their altar call. So here we have Paul telling us that our new identification is when we died to sin, when we were baptized into Christ, we were made one with him. Just like last week, we were made one with Adam. We learned that. And since we are one with him, listen, everything that happened to him literally happened to us spiritually. Everything that happened to Jesus literally happened to us spiritually. He died and was buried. And when we become a Christian, we die and the old man is buried. He was raised. We've been raised. He ascended. The Bible says, and is sitting at the right hand of the father. And when you get saved, the Bible teaches we ascend. And we are seated with God. God already sees us glorified with him. Already he sees us glorified with him. And because of all of that, listen, we should walk in the newness of life. This word newness of life or newness of life literally speaks of a life that is new, a life that is fresh in quality. Resurrection speaks of, listen, fresh in quality. Quality, And by the way, just let me say in light of quote unquote recent discoveries of Jesus bones. May I go on record to say if it's all right, say amen. I'm going to say it anyway. This is crazy. And, and what? Look, this has been going on for th- it's been going on for 2,000 years. People think, oh, we found the bones of Jesus. Now we don't disprove Christianity. <laughs> That's crazy. Listen, folks have been trying to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years. Saints, don't be alarmed. I got 2,900 emails that day. Oh, they found a bone. Pastor Rodney, read this. Pastor Rodney, read this. Pastor Rodney, read this. I've been reading that. But I've been a Christian for 25 years. I've been reading it since then. Listen, they will never find the bones of Jesus. The bo- I'm going to wait. 
will never find the bones of Jesus. Why? Because they're not there. They will continue to look and the new, listen, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, he he wasn't resuscitated. He resurrected. There is the difference between resuscitation and resurrection. Resurrection speaks of new in form and quality. That is why, are you listening? The disciples are gathered in the upper room, John chapter 14. Everybody's all uptight because they wonder if Jesus really rose and what happened to him. And uh, oh my gosh, they're scared because the disciples didn't know what really happened. Although Jesus spent the last three and a half years trying to tell them. <laughs> but okay, fine. But they're like all in the upper room and they're like, oh, well, well, he did rise. Finally, they came to that conclusion in John chapter 14. Are you with me? <laughs> and Thomas is there and he says, oh, I don't believe it. He said, I don't believe it. And Jesus, in new and form, fresh and quality, resurrected body, the Bible tells us he walked through the closed door. There's a newness right there. He rose a newness of life. He walked through the closed door. He walked up to Thomas and he said, Tom, take your fingers and stick them into my hand and take your hand, your fist, and stick it into my side and don't be doubting, Tom. believe Jesus rose and the resurrection speaks of freshness, newness in form and quality different than resuscitation. Somebody say amen. amen. Different than resuscitation. Now don't misunderstand me. Yes. What happened to him literally happens to us spiritually. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't understand all that. I don't understand how what happens to him literally happens to us spiritually. I don't understand all that. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Don't y'all say amen. But but listen, just because I don't understand something, it doesn't make it any less true. I just don't believe the Bible. So? Just because we don't understand something doesn't make it any less true. Listen, I don't understand electricity. Amen. But I got the lights on. I don't understand DNA. I mean, I don't know how it is that I eat and and sleep and eat and sleep and eat and sleep and walk and move and I can see and touch stuff and praise God and Love people. I don't know how all that happens and all this DNA stuff, but it doesn't stop me from living. I don't know how to, I don't understand cars. I don't understand how you, how how a car starts. I mean, it doesn't stop me from getting in it so I can get away from y'all. That's just wrong, isn't it? That's just wrong. It's wrong. 
But but there's many things. Here's my point, saints. Listen, there's many things that we don't understand. And there are many things, quite honestly, that I teach that I do not fully understand. And at the same time, I clearly see what the Bible has to say about that. But how to wrap my mind around it? I can't wrap my mind around heaven. I don't know how we're going to know each other in heaven. How we're going to how we're going to love each other and 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 how we're going to worship God and how we're going to have a new body and all of these things in the Bible. We, we don't understand. I don't understand. And yet I understand them what the Bible has to say about it. And therefore I teach it because it is true. Even if I don't understand everything that, that we read in the scriptures. Can I get a witness? And it's okay. The very things that we don't understand about God is the very things that make him God. God keeps you just a little bit more. You, a little bit more. You think you got it? Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, I'm so spiritual. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. <laughs> you see? But the one thing that I do understand and I'm very, very clear about, the Bible says when we give our lives to Christ, we have a new identification. We are identified with Christ. Point number two, we just read it in verses 6 through 10. Look at it again in your Bible, knowing this in verse 6. I can live in victory when I realize that my old man was crucified. Verse 3, let me bring your attention to verse 3. It says, or do you not know? Verse 6, we just pointed it out. Knowing this, fast forward to verse nine, knowing that Christ, listen, a lot of people, a lot of Christians teach, no, 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 N-O, no, listen, that's not Paul's approach. Paul's approach is no, 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 no. Paul's approach is not, no, Christian, you better not, no, and oh, no, and oh. Paul's approach is K-N-O-W. No. The Christian life, listen, talking about victory, are you listening? I hope this helps you. The Christian life is about what you know. The Christian life is victorious Because you know the word. The Christian life is not a victorious life by praying that you have a victorious life. Well, I just want to be victorious. Lord, help me, Lord, to be victorious. Lord, I just want to be your woman. I want to be your man. Lord, help me to be victorious. Listen, that's not going to help you be victorious. What's going to help you to be victorious is to know the word of God. What's going to help you to get victory over your flesh is to know God's word. And then when Satan comes against you, then to quote God's word. Isn't that what Jesus did in Matthew chapter four, Luke chapter four? Satan came to tempt him and Jesus said, hey, it is written. Every time Jesus said it's written, he's quoting the word. It is written. So the victory that we have is a victory that is obtained By what we know, having radical information is what sets people free. (laughs) 
having radical information. I remember before I was a Christian, I call it my BC days, before Christ. And before Christ, I used to, I was, I was, I was a crazy person. I was, I was, I was a party animal. Now I'd party all night, and I, you know, my testimony. I did drugs all night long, and partied, and did whatever, and did whatever, and hung out with whomever, and did whatever. You fill in the blank. I did everything before Christ. Then when I became a Christian. And the spirit of God came to live within my life. Then I started reading the Bible. I got to be honest with you. I kind of sort of went back to some of them old friends that I used to hang out with and did whatever. And all of a sudden I found that I don't even like this anymore. Matter of fact, I don't even like you anymore. I don't even like you. I'm just like, I don't even know. I don't even, I'm this, 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 this. I don't even know what was going on here. And what was happening is that I had the spirit of God living within me. Now I've got the word of God in my mind. I'm starting to read the Bible. And now all of a sudden, because the spirit lives in me, sin becomes apparent. Because of radical information, this whole Christian thing. See, I was really happy just doing whatever, whatever, whatever. And I, you know, I I didn't have the spirit of God. So there was really no conviction in my life. I did whatever. And I was kind of happy about that. But then when I became a Christian, well, this whole Christian thing messed me up. (laughs) The whole, it just messed me up. I was happy. At least I thought I was. But then when I became a Christian, now sin becomes apparent. And this radical information that I have now has changed my way of thinking. Has changed my life. And now what I know. Has changed the course of my life. And now because of the spirit of God that lives within me. Are you listening? Now I wrestle with righteousness. Before I didn't wrestle with righteousness. Because I didn't care. But when I became a Christian, now it's like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. And I'm kind of unhappy because I got too much of the world in me to be happy in church and too much of the church in me to be happy in the world. And I'm all messed up now. And I'm wrestling with righteousness, which, by the way, is evidence that you are a Christian. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to say that again in case you were asleep. <laughs> wrestling with righteousness is proof that you are a Christian. Because before you became a Christian, you didn't care. Now that you are a Christian, now sin matters. Well, I don't even know if I'm a Christian or not. Well, do you, do you care that you're walking in the flesh? Yeah. When you do bad things, or you feel bad about it? Yeah. Well, that will be proof to me that you are a Christian. When well, I need to just pray about more of the spirit to work in me. No, you don't. Now you need to read God's word and obey God's word. <laughs> Now you need to be obedient. You know, obedience is not an issue of prayer. Obedience is not an issue of prayer. Well, I need to pray about whether I should have to move out, whether we should be living together. What's wrong with you? No, you don't need to pray about that. You need to be obedient. You know, some things are not an issue of prayer. Now, is that the craziest thing you ever heard from the pulpit? Some of the things are not an issue of prayer. They are an issue of obedience. 
and you can pray all day long, but it's not going to change a thing until you decide obedience is better than sacrifice. God, whatever I got to give up for you, I give it up for your glory. And then what will happen? Change will come. You mean I'm going to really be changed if I just obey? Yeah. So, are you with me? Radical information sets us free in Christ. Paul says our old nature, the old man was crucified. Now, I do need to point this out to you. Paul isn't saying the old nature was annihilated or destroyed. The old nature has not been annihilated. It has not been destroyed. You still have that old nature, that old flesh to deal with. And if you don't believe me, you just get out there on the 440 tomorrow morning and let somebody cut you off. And the old nature will come forth. You will call him up. <laughs> you know, that's right. I mean, that old nature, doesn't it rise up quick? If somebody cut you off, you'd be saying stuff. Following them home. <laughs> I follow you home. Oh, you cut me off 19 miles ago. Oh, no, you didn't. But that's the old man. See, it's not annihilated. But when the Bible says that the old man is done away within our Bibles, it literally means to be rendered inactive or paralyzed or caused to cease. As long as we are in these bodies, saints, listen, we're going to battle with the flesh. But the flesh doesn't have power over us because it's been paralyzed like dead. And if you are dead, then you aren't living. And if you aren't living... We aren't serving anything because if you are dead, you are freed from sin. Saints, that's radical information. Let's knock down the last two points in verses 11 through 14. Look at verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon. Would you circle that in your Bibles? Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Therefore, underline this. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members, that's your body parts, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but in contrast, present yourselves to God. Present your members, your body parts, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your hands, your feet, your body. Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members, your hands, your feet, your nose, your body, your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over Rodney. And you put your name there. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Would you read it with me? For you are not under the law. But you're under grace. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Simple appropriation. Verse 11. Paul tells us to reckon. This word reckon. If you're an accountant. You know that it's an accounting term. And it means to add up the numbers. And to add up the facts. Paul says add up the numbers. And add up the facts. And here are the facts. Believers are dead to sin. And alive to God. Jesus' death and resurrection has altered our position. We are dead to sin. Not sin is dead, but we are dead to sin and alive to God. We're not only free from something, saints, but we're also been freed for something. We're free to love God. And we're free to serve God. 
simple, reckon yourselves dead, simple appropriation. And then finally leads us to practical application in verses 12 through 14. Look at verse 12 again. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Saints, listen, Paul isn't talking about the power of positive thinking. Amen. Paul isn't saying visualize yourself to be dead to sin and alive. Paul is saying, listen, you are dead. These are the cold hard facts. Now do something practical with that information. Don't let sin reign in your body and don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Your members, your hands, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your tongue, your feet, your body, Don't use what God has given you, your being, to do evil things. Don't present them as members of unrighteousness. Watch what goes into your eyes. Watch what goes into your ears. Watch the music you're listening to. Some of the music today out there is awful. It's just not good. And you wonder why you're struggling in the flesh. It could very well be of what you're letting go in your mind and in your spirit. Look, don't misunderstand me. I'm for entertainment. I'm not one of those people that get the TV out of your house. The one-eyed demon is in your homes. (laughs) I heard something like that. I'm like, what? 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 I like CNN. I mean, is it? What? what? I mean, MSNBC. I'm a news person. I like to keep up on world events. I'm not saying, you know, we cannot look at entertainment, movies, and music, but you need to be a little more selective. I don't know who I'm talking to now, but you need to be more selective. Don't be, because then what happens, that stuff gets in your mind, it gets in your spirit, and, and before you know it, you're struggling in your flesh. It brings you into bondage. You have to be careful. Don't present your mouth as an instrument of unrighteousness. Don't gossip and false reports we talked about on Wednesday night in Exodus chapter 23. Don't use your mouth to spread false rumors and false reports and gossip about people. Use your mouth to bless God. Use your mouth to praise God. Use your mouth to tell other people of the goodness of God. Use your mouth to preach the word of God. Use your mouth, your your members, it's real practical, it's real simple. Whatever you, your hands to set to serve God as instruments of righteousness unto God, Paul says. And then finally, I'm coming in for a landing. Listen, verse 14, for sin, look at it again, shall not have dominion over you. Listen, question, simple question. Does sin have dominion over you? Does it have dominion? Does it rule over you? Now, listen, I'm not asking you, do you sin? Because we all sin. And John told us if we say we don't sin, we lie. Amen. That's Bible. If we say we don't sin, we lie. We all sin. But what Paul is saying is does sin have dominion over you? Does it reign in you? Does it control you? Sin shall not have dominion over the believer. The believer not only hates sin, but has the power to say no to it. Sin doesn't own us, even though it still tries. Christ owns us. He's our master. 
He's won the victory over sin and death for us. For you, in verse 14, are not under the law, but you're under grace. Listen, it's as simple as this. If you're going to live in freedom, it will never happen in a legalistic, performance-oriented Christian life. It's going to happen as you live in grace. You live a victorious life in grace. And when you sin, it's the grace of God that will give you victory over that sin and give you power to live a Christian victorious life. It's the grace of God, not the law. We're not under law. We are under grace. Grace has made us safe. Amen, saints? Safe for grace. He sets us free. He equips us to live righteously before him. And since we've died to sin, it's unthinkable that we could continue a life in sin. You know, it's almost like a caterpillar. And I'll leave you with this. I know I said in closing 15 minutes ago, but that's all right. What does a preacher mean when he says in closing? Nothing, absolutely nothing. But I really mean it now. In closing. It's like a caterpillar. It turns into a butterfly. A butterfly has no business crawling around on trees and leaves because the butterfly was a caterpillar. Now you've been set free like a butterfly. And don't go back. Don't try to go back. Leave the past behind. Sometimes you got to change your friends, saints. You're going to get victory. You got to change your friends. I'm not saying, like, don't talk to them ever, 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 but you can't have fellowship with them. You got to change your friends. I'm going to change the things that you do. Come to church. Get in the word of God. Start knowing God's word so you can get victory over your life. I hope that helps. It certainly did help me. Victory comes through what you know. Not the law that says no, no, no. But what I know about the word. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.